up, guys? Welcome back to the latest episode of Chatter from the Cheap Seats. I am Jack. Sitting across the computer screen from me is Sammy. Going to talk some baseball. Going to talk some basketball. Episode 61. Let's do it. Sammy, how you doing? I'm doing very well today. Last night, I watched, um, for the first time, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And that was an experience. Um, I watched it with my dad. And I know Jack's kind of... Uh, likes movies have you seen that one jack i have not what's it called again 2001 space something yeah a space odyssey it's it's like it from the 1960s but man i could have sworn that it like it could it holds up it was um it was a very it's a very thought-provoking movie if you haven't seen it um if you're listening and you have seen it you you know you know what i'm talking about it's a very um interesting movie i liked it a lot it's been on my mind all day really so I figured I'd bring that up here first part of the podcast, but um, otherwise I'm doing pretty well. You know, baseball season uh, for high school starting back up, which has been super fun. I have Michael Scott in the background, cardboard cutout. You said that last episode too. I did, yes. So uh, I'm doing well. Jack, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I just had the greatest baseball game of my life. It was in just craziest game ever. We're down eight to two. Heading into the final inning, we get two outs down to our final out, rattle off seven straight runs for a win. Man, yeah. Walk off walk. Jack was telling me about this off air. I mean, that is crazy. I mean, I've been a part uh, in terms of just, you know, playing and watching. I've been, I've been a part of some crazy things. And um, that, I've never really been a part of anything that electric and crazy. So that's, that is pretty cool. And Jack, you've been calling the games, right? I have been, so I'm hurt. I have a hurt back, so I've been calling the games, and it is an incredible game to call. You know, 3-2 count, two outs, bases loaded, tie game, (laughs) bottom of the last inning. So, yeah, that's like what you him on a borderline pitch. It was was incredible, man. It was incredible. All right, so Jack got to see a pretty crazy baseball game uh, for Bullis, his high school, and – we had some crazy things happening. We've actually been gone for two weeks. We took a week off last week. But since then, we have had a lot of stuff going down across the league. Jack is going to run it down for us real quick, and then we're going to go into detail about everything that has happened because we have missed quite a lot of stuff. So, Jack, uh, take it away. We have missed quite a lot of stuff. Sammy, old takes exposed. His ace take did not live up to the hype. A's win. 13 straight. However, their their streak was snapped today. Dodgers, Padres, two Giants, Mono, El Mono. That series was awesome. We're going to get into it. Carlos Rodon, no hitter. Bumgarner, sort of no hitter. DeGrom is being DeGrom, doing DeGrom things. Reds lose seven straight. Some surprises so far. Marlins playing good. Yankees weren't playing good, now playing good. Braves. Weren't playing good now, still kind of not playing good. We're going to get into all of that now. Sammy, where do you want to start off? Let's start off with the A's. That's the storyline. And um, I'll say it here today. Last episode, uh, it was, I think, the A's had won a few straight games, but they started off the year by losing seven straight. And I was on them. I was talking about the bullpen and how bad the bullpen had been. And my take... um, to put it lightly, did not work out. It was a bad take, a horrible take, because after I said it, they went on to win 
13 straight games. So the A's went ahead and proved me wrong. The bullpen has been better. The offense has been really good. Matt Olson has been absolutely electric, and you love to see it. The streak was snapped today at 13 by the Orioles. Um, so that is unfortunate, but the A's have just been so good, so fun to watch, and I was wrong about them, and they proved to me and hopefully everyone else watching and listening to this that they are still a team that AL West that wants to win this division, that absolutely can win this division because they still got that starting pitching. They got that offense that's really heating up, and the bullpen hasn't been as good, but over the past few weeks, it has gotten a lot better. So good things ahead for Oakland. And maybe now that I'm saying good things ahead, maybe now they'll lose 13th straight. So we'll see what happens. But, Jack, what are your takes on the A's? They have been Yeah, so good. Sammy, please don't mention the Yankees because you're a jinx machine right now. And if you guys are noticing, I'm sniffling a little bit. I have bad allergies, so I apologize for that. But the A's, they were in a lot of close games. And it's just sort of like imagine if they got off to like a mediocre start instead of just being putrid, like where they would be right yeah. now. But yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I always say it, the two Matts, Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, they're the most underrated duo in baseball. Now let's get into Sammy some teams that are definitely not underrated. They're rated properly. Dodgers and the Padres. Sammy, Fernando Tatis Jr. versus Trevor Bauer in real life and on Twitter. Just that whole series. Can you recap it for us real quick? Well, yeah. It was pretty interesting. So, in, I believe it was, what, yesterday's game? Maybe the day before. Whenever Bauer was pitching, Tatis hit a bomb off him. You know, Dodger Stadium. And obviously, you know, it's hype. So, Tatis got hype. He did a little thing with his eye, and then he was celebrating a home plate. And then there was a video that came out or, you know, during the game, and it kind of looked like Tatis was maybe looking down at the catcher's sign. So that was a whole thing. And him and Bauer have been going back and forth. And I feel like Bauer's always in beef with somebody in the league, but it's all, you can tell it's all kind of fun and games. It's all lighthearted. None of it's like, I want to hurt, seriously hurt you. It's, it's fun. It's really fun competition. And man, this series has lived up to the hype. Jack, you already said it, but there are a lot of things that get a lot of hype, whether it be movies, TV shows, books, sporting events that get a lot of hype, and then they fail me. So with this Dodgers-Padres, I was kind of preparing for the worst. Like, oh, what if this isn't as good? But it has been better than I ever imagined it could have been. So many, just in these first six, seven games so between these two teams. So many great moments. You had the Mookie Betts incredible catch to seal the deal the other day. Like we were talking about, Bauer versus Tatis. That's been going back and forth. And then there was like a 12-inning game um, where you had like David Price coming to relief. Jake Cronenworth was pitching. I mean, and this is just through the first few games. And I could say there were a lot of other incredible moments. I was saying to Jack before the show, the unfortunate thing for us, we live in Maryland. All of these games are on at like 10 o'clock at night for us. So we can't even really watch these that much live. At least we can't really watch the later innings. I try to watch as much as I can. But, I mean, so many great moments. Right now, Jack, who would you say has the edge here 
I'd have to say Dodgers. Would you agree? I would I would say Dodgers just because the the small minuscule fact that they've won the last eight straight division championships just <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's kind of an afterthought, but you know, just a footnote I thought I'd throw in there. Just yeah. you know, you know, toss it in in there at the end. Just you know, a little toss. Yeah, and another thing, I mean, the Padres have barely been over five hundred. Their pitching has been electric, but a lot of the guys on offense, you know, with Tatis getting hurt. Machado's been all right, but it's kind of been a yeah, start offensively. Yeah, but, go. The pitching, though, has been incredible. I mean, that's been really Yeah, good. but that offense is going to hit. Like, you know, it's oh, yeah. it's it's extremely Perfect. early in the season. You know that offense is going to hit, right? Yeah. And let's get into a team now, Sammy, that offense is also not hitting, but their pitching has been electric. Meet the Mets. Greet the Mets. Come right in and see the Mets. I have no idea if that is the words to the song, but Jacob DeGoat, Sammy. I mean, his fastball is hitting 101, 102. I mean, can you believe this guy? Get a load of this guy. I can't believe this guy. It's incredible. I mean, every year, I've said this before about DeGrom, but every year this guy gets better than he was the year before. Right now, he is sitting 99 miles an hour. That is his average fastball. A few years ago, he was sitting at like 93, 94. That was just like two or three years ago. This guy has been putting on muscle, obviously. He has been getting a lot better, working on his mechanics. And two or three years ago, he was arguably the top pitcher in the game. Now he is indisputably the top pitcher in the game. I don't think... Anyone can make a reasonable case otherwise. This guy is insane. You've probably already seen this on social media, but he has more RBIs than he has runs allowed this season. That's incredible. This guy's unreal. He's kind of like a Cy Young lock in my mind, unless he gets hurt or anything. I mean, the NL, there are a lot of guys pitching well, but it's unfortunate for them because DeGrom is always going to be better. Yeah, I think it's a little early to say Cy Young luck for anybody. No, he's going to win it. He's going to do it. <laughs> would you be willing to put a small wager on it? If, if, oh, wow. if, not money, not money. I've learned my lesson from Rory. But <laughs> if Jacob deGrom, by the way, did we ever figure out who actually lost the football frenzy? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was me. Okay, because we need to get you in a Packers hat, Sammy. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to buy that, though. I don't want to spend money on a Packers hat. I'll get you a Packers hat, but Packers if Jacob hat, DeGrom wins the Cy Young, I'll wear a Red Sox hat. If he does not win the Cy Young, you have to wear a Cardinals hat. Oh, that's tough. I'm not sure if I'm willing to go there yet, but the point is DeGrom has just been incredible. Best pitcher in baseball. I don't know what else to say. He just keeps doing well. He's given up like one run this year, maybe the two runs this year. He's crazy. Anything else to say on this? I mean, I don't really know if there is anything else to say. It's pretty self-explanatory for Jacob DeGrom. It's good at baseball. Yeah, and uh, we had some other really good pitching performances. This was more like two-ish weeks ago, but Carlos Rodon threw a no-hitter the second of the season, and it was a perfect game for like 8.1 or 8.2 innings until it scraped the foot of, I don't remember who was up, but uh, it scraped someone's foot 
hit by pitch separated him from a perfect game, but what an outing. And this is a guy that has been through a lot. Jack, can you go through some of that? Just this guy's story, his journey, and this incredible outing that is historic for the White Sox. So Carlos Rodon, Rodon is a guy who, you know, you feel like he's been around forever, right? Like he's a guy who you never felt like is that good a pitcher. Like he's always been there, but he's never been like incredible, never right? Yeah. And 2020, super rough year, 8.22 ERA. 2019, another, he hasn't had an ERA under four since 2015. So it must feel a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. And a lot of it must injuries. Feel and that's so happened. good for him to just start off the season with an 0.47 ERA and almost a perfect game, but a no hitter. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible when you see guys, you know, Rodon is Rodon, Rodon. Rodon. <laughs> I think it's Rodon. Rodon, yeah. I don't know. Rodon has faced a lot of injuries throughout his career, a lot of adversity. He was a pretty um, highly touted prospect, but he just had never lived up to the hype fully, and maybe this is the year for the White Sox. And I'm telling you, with a rotation where we have guys like Lance Lynn pitching really well, yeah. Giolito. Yeah, Lance Lynn has not been pitching good. well. Lance Lynn has been pitching great. Really? Yeah, I don't know where what planet Jack's living I on. I feel like are you sure? I feel like I saw something today on Twitter. Well, he's hurt. Is he? Yeah, he has. He's gearing up from a back injury. But so far in twenty twenty one, yeah, he has been pitching. Well. I mean, he has been pitching well. Yeah, he's been pitching. Great. I don't know what I mean, I'm talking. He'll about. be back. I don't think this back injury is going to be super serious. Giolito's going to be good, and if you can throw guys in like Rodon, who are going to be good, and he's not going to throw a perfect game every time, but. He's been be nice. good through his first few outings this year. That would be huge for the White Sox because um, it's clear. They want to get out in front of this division. The Royals are playing well. The Twins are going to get back on track eventually. They want to stay hot. So no, it's really a one-man race by the, by the end of this year. I think they can do that, especially if this starting pitching is good. In other no-hitter news, Today, earlier today, as we record, it is April 25th, Madison Bumgarner, Mad Bum, had an unofficial no-hitter, seven innings in a double-header. But he threw, I mean, in my book, that's a no-hitter, right? So in your book, you do count that, like, as a no-hitter? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would, too. If you, you don't, know? if you get pulled, I don't think so. But the game, Obviously. Just, it's not, he couldn't have done anything about that. Like it's just the, the game ended and the other team got no hits. That's a no hitter in my book. No hitter, yeah. I mean, I, in my, I, I, I think that's a rule with the new seven inning double header thing. They could maybe look into changing, but I'm that's awesome, man. Mad Bum's been a guy that I have been a little down on. He has not really been great his past few years. Is all of his stats have really kind of suffered, but the D-backs could still be good, you know? Who, who knows? If he could turn back into an A sort of guy, be really become a front man of that rotation again, that would be huge for the Diamondbacks. Absolutely huge. Sammy, it is absolutely huge. I mean, if he could get it going, that would be great for that team. Sammy, the Reds, Cincy. What? Oh, no. What's going on in Cincy, Sammy? Seven straight losses? Yeah, man, and it's funny with the Reds because last episode we were talking about how they had won six straight games kind of towards the beginning of the season, but 
it has been a struggle. They're still first in runs per game. So they're, they're scoring runs, almost six runs per game. But this pitching staff is not good, and that is concerning. The Reds have a lot of good pieces on offense, but I think the loss of Trevor Bauer is really hurting them. And you have a lot of guys who just are not throwing very well at all. Castillo has been struggling. An ERA over six. And if you want to be a good team, you're going to have to have that ace for the Reds. And they are not getting that production. And you have some other guys doing all right. You have Wade Miley. He's been putting in good production. Tyler Mal, who has a sub two ERA. But the bullpen has also been abysmal this year. A lot of guys in the bullpen with ERAs over six, over seven. Sonny Gray, an ERA almost eight. So they're good pitchers in the starting rotation. Gray, Castillo are not pitching well. Their bullpen is not good. That's concerning for me, and that's why they've lost seven straight games. If they can be all right pitching, mediocre, we've seen that this offense can be really good. Castellanos leads the league in home runs right now. Suarez is a beast. You have a lot of weapons on offense, and it would kind of be a shame, in my opinion, for that to go to waste due to a horrible pitching staff, but... We'll just have to see. I think Sonny Gray and Castillo are both good pitchers, and they'll get back on track. Wouldn't you agree, Jack? That yeah, line. I would say. I mean, they're both, you know, they they have a track record, so I would say so. And yeah. let's move on now, Sammy, to the Mariners, who I'm thinking about getting more MLB jerseys. So three jerseys I want, okay? Power rank these jerseys one to three, okay? St. Louis Cardinals, baby blue. Yeah, that's a solid jersey. Seattle Mariners, Ken Griffey Jr., baby blue. Seattle Mariners, Ken Griffey Jr., cream. Hmm. I, I, the, the Ken Griffey Jr. cream, I'm not as big of a fan of as some guys. Really? Why? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd have to go Cardinals powder blue first. I, I'm a Cubs fan, so I'm not a... I hate the Cardinals, but those are some nice jerseys uh, among the top in the league, maybe the top in the league. And any powder blue jerseys, you know, for the win, in my opinion. Yeah. Those are really solid. But uh, the Mariners have also been really solid. And we talked about them in our predictions earlier this year as a team that can go out and surprise some people. And I think they have done that so far this season. They have had a lot of really good production from this offense. Kyle Seeger has been hot this week. He had like a three for five game in Boston. I was watching with a few doubles. Um, you have Taylor Trammell, who uh, isn't playing too well, but is going to heat up eventually in the pitching staff, who's also been surprisingly good. So they, they've been playing some pretty good baseball and a lot of surprise teams this year. I'm going to read some of these teams off for you, Jack. And I'm going to tell you, out of these teams, some surprisingly good, some surprisingly bad, who is the biggest surprise? So I'll read these off for you. we got the Mariners at 13 for nine, 13 and 9. We already talked about them. The Royals at 13 and 7. The Red Sox at 14 and 9. The Yankees, uh, Jack, I'm sure you have a lot of words about the Yankees at 9 and 12. I believe 13 because they lost today. Giants at 13 and 8. Brewers also at 13 and 8, and the Braves have been struggling at 9 and 12. So those are the biggest surprises when you go down the standings. Out of those teams, who surprises you most? 
I think it's the Red Sox. I was really expecting the Red Sox to be awful this year, and they've been, they've been, I mean, really solid. So I don't know if it's gonna with I don't know if it's gonna be sustainable because with the Red Sox, you know, pitching is always a big issue, and pitching is normally the thing that leads to a sustainable team. But so far, so good for Boston's dirty water. Someone, very wise man, once said that the Red Sox would win, would win eighty six games this year, and he uh, uh, he might he not be that. so wrong. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but the Red Sox have been very good, a fun team to watch. Arguably the best offense in the league this year. I think they've been the most consistent. Reds have been a little here and there. And like I said in my predictions about why this team could be good, they have one of the best offenses in the league. They have some really good bats in this lineup. Martinez has been MVP caliber so far. Bogarts also has kind of been MVP caliber. He's been really good. Verdugo is batting over 300. Um, Christian Vasquez, like I said, very good offensive catcher. Hernandez has been good coming off the bench. Uh, Bobby Dalbeck is starting to heat up a little bit. Bobby Dalbeck. And you even have some guys who haven't really heated up yet, like Hunter Renfro. Um, eventually, these guys are going to heat up, and I mean, they're already playing at a high level. So once you get guys like Renfro going, it's going to be hard to stop, and it really already is. So I'll give you Red Sox, one of the biggest surprises. And I know you don't really want to talk about it, Jack, but the Yankees are also one of the biggest surprises. Could you take us through, and they've won the past some some games here this series against Cleveland, but take us through some of the struggles the Yankees have been having because they lost a few games consecutively. The hitting was not going well at all. You kind of feel like your only good starts come out of Garrett Cole sometimes. So, well, am I accurate here? Yeah. Uh, just tell, yeah, no, through what's going on. Things were bad in Yankee land, but they have turned it around, and that's old news. Right now, the Yankees' bats are hot. They've been going for a while, and if you're a Yankee fan right now, you're confident with how this team is based on the past series. They won three out of four from the Indians. Now you get to play Baltimore, where if you don't win three out of four, then it's a problem, but most likely you're going to win three out of four against Baltimore. So... You know, I think Yankee fans aren't worried. Rational Yankee fans aren't worried. I'll rephrase that. Yeah, I, I saw um, before we move on here to our games, our, our picks of the week, um, I saw a clip that John Boy posted, and I'm sure you've seen it too. He was talking about effort. Um, he was make, drawing a comparison to someone on Milwaukee. I, I can't remember who it was. One of the outfielders made an incredible diving catch. And John Boy was just talking about how he feels like the Yankees have not been giving in full effort. They have not been trying hard, very hard. Uh, they've not been playing to their full ability. Do you think what John Boy was saying was accurate? Do you think the Yankees have just kind of been slacking off mentally? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But the Yankees are too talented to do that forever. They are too focused. They're too good a team. Clint Frazier made an incredible diamond catch today. Um. The bats have gotten going. I think Rufnan Odor has kind of sparked this team a little bit, although I do think that narrative is a little teensy tiny bit overblown. But I think I can't physically get my mind to think about that because those were some dark areas. That's some dark days for me, and they're in the past now, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. Trust me, with the Cubs having those struggles at the beginning of the year, I I don't even want to think about any of that anymore. But now, without further ado, we will – 
um, get to our games, players, pitchers uh, of the week. I can start, and I will go with the Padres and Dodgers from April 22nd. That was Thursday of this week, and how could I not go with one of these games? It was a pitcher's duel. Ryan Weathers, who kind of surprisingly got the start, was really, really good. He had 5.2 innings pitched, one hit, six strikeouts, no earned runs, and he was taken out in the middle of the inning, and I was watching it when it happened. He was really upset. He was slamming his glove. He did not want to be taken out, and he was replaced. The reliever that replaced him did fine, got out out of the inning. But Emilio Pagan comes in in the seventh inning. Padres have a 2-0 lead at the time. He gives up two home runs in the inning. And Emilio Pagan last year was one of the better relievers in baseball, so that's concerning. So now all of a sudden, it's a tie ball game in the late innings. Love to see it if you are just someone watching the game, but if you're a Padres or Dodgers fan, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. So that was, um, let's see, Pollock homered and News homered, and then uh, the Padres did end up reclaiming the lead in the eighth inning, Tatis with a ground ball. Sometimes all you have to do with runners in scoring position put the ball in play. That's what Tatis did. He drives in a run in the eighth, and the rest of the Padres' bullpen seals the deal. The Padres win the game 3-2. to two. That was a fun one. I was watching the early part of it, of course. Couldn't stay up to 1-2 in the morning here on the East Coast to finish it. So, But a fun game for sure. Jack, what is your game of the week? My game of the week is Yankees-Indians. Sammy. How many times do pitchers' duels actually live up to the hype? You know, they get advertised as like the best pitchers in baseball, but how how often does it actually be a true? How often is it a true pitchers' duel? You know? I feel like a lot of the times the offenses end up exploding on some of those days. Uh, I assume you're talking about Cole and Bieber, two of the best two. I think the top two pitchers in the American League right now. No, yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. Two high strikeout guys who have been on their game this year. And two guys who, um, Cole and the Cy Young in 19, right? He got absolutely robbed by um, Justin Verlander. But, like, Verlander. like it's sort of, like, universally known that, like, he should have won the Cy Young in 19. Well, I mean, that, that insane second half. And then Bieber had that really nice stretch uh, last year. Um, these two guys are absolutely insane. And, yeah, I... That was definitely a fun game. And I guess we'll move on to our players and pitchers of the week. I'm going to go with Austin Riley, third baseman for the Braves. And this is kind of the first year he's been the third baseman for the Braves because he had in 2018, uh, you had Donaldson. And then there's been competition. But this year, the Braves said, hey, you're the guy until you lose this job. And he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but he is really heated up this week. First in basically all, you know, the important stats, 698 in WOBA, which is first in the league, 706 in on-base percentage, first in the league. He is first in slugging, so obviously he's first in OPS. Uh, this guy is ripping the baseball, and a big part of it is he's been ripping at the baseball, but he's also been cutting down on the strikeouts his career strikeout rate was at 34% coming into this year. It's pretty high. Uh, most guys probably don't surpass 25. This year, he has brought that down 
to 22%. And that is huge. When you're putting the ball in play and you hit it as hard as Austin Riley does, which he does, he hits the ball very hard, um, you see better results. And he's seen great results this year. And in a very offense-heavy Braves team, a team that relies on that, he's a very important player and a spark that they really need as they've kind of been struggling as of late. But Austin Riley is my player of the week. He has been absolutely blazing. Sammy, I mentioned him earlier in the episode. My player of the week is Matt Olson. Matt Olson has a 284 WRC plus 588 WOBA, 440 on base percentage, and a 350 BABIP. That doesn't mean anything, but it's a fun stat to say. So I'm going to say it. Not a good in there. I mean, he's been unbelievable. But you know who else has been unbelievable, Sammy? Who else? I DeGrom was- Jacob has been, as you would say. Jacob DeGrom. This week, two games pitched, two wins, 15 innings, 29 strikeouts, no runs. You literally, like, can't get better than that. That's the best you can do, possibly, like, unless you go, like, two complete games, you know? Yeah. I mean, this guy, we already talked about him a lot, but he's just insane. It's There's not much else to say. He, he just keeps taking his game to the next level. He keeps absolutely blowing hitters away, whether it be with his uh, location, his fastball velocity, which is incredible. Um, This guy's incredible. He's insane. And another guy who has been really good in a rotation of pitchers that I want to highlight is Alex Wood. And his stat line this week, 12 innings pitched in two outings, only one earned run, 11 strikeouts, only five runners uh, on hits and walks reached base. That's very impressive. And I'm going to make this almost less about Alex Wood. Sorry, Alex Wood, but more about this entire Giants rotation because we were talking about surprises. The Giants were one of those teams. I would not have expected them to be second in uh, pitching ERA this year. They are second to only the Padres, and they have been incredible. Let me read you off some of these guys in this starting rotation and how good they have been. Kevin Gosman, 214 ERA. Anthony Anthony DiScafani, 214 ERA as well. That is a good name. Johnny Cueto, looking like 2014 15 Johnny Cueto, 180 ERA. Alex Wood, sub 1 ERA at 0.75. Aaron Sanchez, the offseason acquisition, really working out. Wood also an acquisition. 1.83 ERA, and the fun thing I like about what's going on here, they're finding some diamonds here in the rough. Alex Wood, Aaron Sanchez are two guys that were had struggled in other places, weren't quite as good as maybe they wanted to be or as people regarded them before. The Giants picked them up this offseason, and all of a sudden, they are coming together to become one of the best rotations in baseball. Really good job by this Giants front office to find starting pitchers for low costs that haven't been doing well and seeing their careers possibly turn around. And it's early. It's only April. But this is a very encouraging sign um, for a team that has done stuff like this a lot. Uh, their best offensive player, Mike Yastrzemski, 
um, he was another diamond in the rough sort of find. He was struggling in the Orioles farm system for years and years. I watched him play in the Orioles farm system at the Frederick Keys. He was struggling a lot and they picked him up eventually. And he turns into a superstar, maybe not a superstar, a star, a good uh, yeah, star. Yeah. The giants have been very good at doing this, but I wanted to call attention to how good this team has been pitching wise. Cause it's been incredible. I, it's very surprising to me, and in a competitive in a competitive division, maybe they can surprise some people and compete right with the Dodgers and the Padres. Sammy, not likely, but maybe not likely. But Sammy, it is time now for series to watch for. You know when we say this that you're gonna want to take a hot beverage, snuggle up with your dog or cat on the couch, and watch this series start to finish. Sammy, what is on tap for this series? Well, I talked about the Giants. We're on the Giants train, so let's stay on the Giants train. Giants are going to be visiting the Padres, and these are the two best pitching staffs in baseball, as I already noted. They both they both have uh, totally sub-three ERAs, which is when you talk about you know your starters, your relievers, that's incredibly impressive. Uh, the two best pitching teams so far this year, and we're going to see some great pitchers duels, guys who are hot, guys who are highly touted, um, guys who have thrown no hitters, Joe Musgrove. So uh, guys who almost threw no hitters and Johnny Cueto, he almost did it. So, and uh, yeah, so th that's going to be a fun series to watch three games set. Um, so even if you're on the East coast and you have to stay up late, Do I it. would recommend doing so do it because we're going to see some really fun pitching matchups in that series. But let's now head over to the N. B, A, because we've had a lot of action in basketball as we get closer and closer to playoff time, about 12, 15-ish games in the regular season, kind of in that realm, depending on how COVID has treated your team. It's kind of different depending, but let's run down what has happened since we have seen you last. Jack, very happy. The Knicks have won nine straight. We will definitely be focusing on that a lot. Another hot team in the Eastern Conference, the Wizards. Another one of Jack's favorite teams. So Jack, no, 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 not no. next. My team, baby. Next, next is Jack's team. I, I made my decision. All right. Might seem a little bandwagonish, but I'm rocking <laughs> with them from here. All right. I needed well, to. I was, I was going through a spiritual journey, like to I find understand. out. So the Wizards have been really hot lately. They've won seven straight games. Russell Westbrook has been a triple-double machine. We'll talk about Russell Westbrook and the Wizards. The Nets, who had kind of been trailing the 76ers for a long time, finally overtake them in first place, and they are the best team in the East, so not really too much of a surprise. In the Western Conference, heading out West, the Jazz today clinched a playoff berth, first team in the whole league to do so. They've been so good all year. I feel like they're always on a winning streak. Lakers lose their first two games with Anthony Davis back, which is not what you want to see at all for a team that was struggling without him. He comes into the lineup and you're not doing as well. They're now not even in home court advantage for the playoffs. Trouble in paradise, maybe in Los Angeles. We'll see what happens when LeBron gets back and uh, not too notable in terms of the playoff race, but pretty interesting. The Thunder have lost 13 straight games. Um, maybe they can rival the Rockets for the longest 
losing streak of the year. The Rockets lost like 20 straight or something. So yeah, that's what's going on in the NBA. And let's start in the garden, Madison Square Garden, because there's been a lot of fun going on. The best team the Knicks have had since I was kind of a little kid, maybe 2013, 2014. What is going on with the Knicks? What is the magic formula? Is it Thibodeau? Is it Julius Randle? Is it some of the rookies like quickly? Who is driving this Knicks winning streak? It's Thibodeau. Thibodeau should be the coach of the year. Like he should be the coach of the year flat out. Thibodeau is the reason he turned someone who a lot of people did not want to start to a bona fide all-star and will make an NBA team. Might not, it's like first team, second team, you know what I mean. And yeah, I mean, he's, just been, he's been unbelievable, Sammy. He's such a good coach. Randall is playing out of his mind. Um, You know, Quickly's playing great. Derek Rose and Tom Thibodeau have the connection. Of course. Have the connection. Bittersweet for Eight me. Eight straight wins. They're the four seed right now. And if they can avoid the Bucks in the East and play like you know a lesser team they might win a playoff round is that crazy i yeah i mean let's see right now things keep changing every day so let me check the standings right now the knicks as the four seed if my phone ever loads let's see so the knicks would be slated to play the celtics and the celtics have been an underwhelming team playing pretty well as of late so a, a, a lot of talent a lot of playoff experience so you know, honestly, if I'm the Knicks, I'd want to play the Hawks because they're kind of a team that's talented yet, but they're young. Trey Young is hurt, um, and they're a team that does not have as much playoff experience. I'll tell you, I do not want to play the Heat. I do not want to play the Celtics. Hornets, I'd play. Hawks, I'd want to play. But uh, at the end of the day, just to be at this good of a position at this point in the season is so impressive, and I- I'm going to agree with Jack. Thibodeau is a huge driving force behind what's happening in New York this year. He's such a good coach, and his style has always been defensive. His Bulls teams, when the Bulls were good back in the early part of the decade. I heard that pain in your voice when you said that. (laughs) Definitely a lot of pain. I remember that. That was so fun. But those are some good defensive teams. With Joakim Noah, who is a – Defensive player of the year in like 2011, I believe. Derek Rose was a pretty good defender. Still probably, he still is a good defender. Um, but Thibodeau's always had these good defensive teams. The Knicks, I want to say, in terms of points per game, the best defensive team in the NBA. Oh. That is huge. Oh, they are the best defensive team in the NBA. That, that, is, that is just incredible how one coach can go in there drop some plays, put some X's and O's on the chalkboard, and all of a sudden, you're a great defensive team. You're a contender, possibly, in the East. I'm very excited to see what these guys can do in the playoffs. And now heading into the lower ranks of the Eastern Conference, the Wizards have surged into a spot in the play-in games. The Bulls, unfortunately, have fallen out of that spot, and I don't want to focus too much on the Bulls because there is a lot of pain for me uh, with Zach Levine on the COVID list and the list will go on and on for the bulls, but let's talk about the wizards. And in, in particular, I already mentioned Russell Westbrook, Jack, how unappreciated is Russell Westbrook? How big of a factor has he been for the wizards? 
I think a lot of people think that he's sort of washed now and don't realize that he's still putting up fantastic numbers. And he's the reason why they're on this hot streak right now, plain and simple. He's the reason. Okay. I'm going to be honest. And this is uh, definitely a hot take. I think Russell Westbrook should be in the MVP conversation. I don't think he's going to win it. I don't think he should win it. I think Jokic is going to be that guy, but he has been so good and so meaningful. And you look at his stats. So good. Um, Let's see, three-point percentage, not impressive, but that's not really his game. He's shooting 45% from the field, pretty good. But you look at his per-game stats, 11 assists and 11 rebounds per game, and he's putting up 22 points per game. And, you know, he's not the scorer he once was, but he's averaging a triple-double. He has 11 rebounds and 11 assists when you have a guy on your team who can be that good at so many things it, it's so valuable um this guy should be in the mvp conversation and you know especially with bradley beal he's been playing obviously but he was hurt a good part of the season that's why you need a guy like westbrook he's been so good i think he should be in the mvp conversation because the wizards have been incredible these past few weeks um, and that should be about it. Jack, anything else in the basketball world? I can't hear you, bro. I think 21 century problems. I say that every time <laughs> I'm on mute. I think that's it. I think that's the show, you know, like, I mean, Neil's bagels. If you're oh. not watching this on YouTube, Sammy is wearing a Neil's bagel dude. shop. I just find that the perfect name for a bagel, bagel store. Dude, dude. I, there's a bagel store. And if you know me and you know live near me, you probably know Neil's Bagels. But it's right near us, right near my high school, and I live near the high school, so I'm pretty close to it. They have some good bagels. Like if you want, like a good, oh, I'm craving a bagel. Like, I have really for lunch good bread. Oh man, I mean, it's just that. Sammy, you're making uh, me hungry. I haven't eaten dinner yet either, so oh, I gotta man. do that. Maybe I'll well just go grab a, a Neil's Bagel. I know it's maybe a little far for you, Jack, but you can bring me. So you can bring me back a oh. bagel. I'll bring you a bagel one of these days, but yeah. One of um, these days. Sammy, go. I got to go, okay? I'm hungry. I'm grabbing a bagel. I will talk to you later. But first, any last words? Well, my last words are go grab a bagel. Um, you, bagel. bagel. Go grab a bagel. Jack's go grab a bagel. I'm going to grab a bagel. You can't should say grab it. Can't a bagel. You can't um, say it, Sammy. It's too late. It's too late. He said go grab a bagel. No fun episode. Breaking news. First episode. The first episode out of 61 episodes. It's too late. It's too late. I will edit it out if you say it. Another fun. I will edit it. Too late. First episode in 61 episodes where he did not say fun episode. Wow. That's the note I want to leave you guys on. Goodbye. See you in episode 62. Peace. Sammy, take us out. Another fun episode. Bye. Bye.